love is pure splendor. Hearts are too tender. Life is so fleeting. Hearts may stop. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today here in the studio, my guest is a singer-songwriter based here in the greater Tampa Bay area but with a much, much bigger footprint, which we'll get into shortly. There are two songs he released last year that we'll also talk about. He has been enjoying some press coverage here of late and also has a personal connection to the Iraq Veterans Memorial here in Tampa. You've been hearing one of his songs, Loves Forevermore. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Mark Gujan. Bruce, thanks for having me here. It's an honor. I appreciate you uh, reaching out. Sure, Mark. Thanks so much for coming in today for this. I'm glad to have you here. Let's uh, let's first have you talk about the song that we just played, Loves Forevermore. Who is the female voice on that song, please? But also tell the listeners, if you would, about that song. Uh, the demo singer, Melody Crittenden, is the voice of the song. Um, the inspiration um, came at the loss of one of my wife's cousins, uh, unexpectedly, uh, two years ago before Christmas, and her heart literally just stopped beating. And uh, that inspired me to write the uh, the opening lyrics about how the um, heart is so fragile and and um, and related to you know the loss of of uh, loved ones and how we we do reconnect again. And that's got to be kind of a, a awkward time to go through because I know there's a there's a Mercy Me DVD out there from years ago where Bart was talking about how they had just gone through like a six-month period where all these people connected to the band had passed away. And that's when he ended up writing uh, Homesick and was kind of saying that he got to perform it at, I think it was his brother-in-law's funeral, and that's not something that you really envy, I don't think. Yeah, I think, well, I think with a lot of... uh, Creative process and inspiration comes from... um, major experiences whether there be joyful or or some sort of loss or heartbreak and that that just fell in that category where um i immediately felt for her her cousin and the extended family uh, right before the holidays and wanted um something that could maybe help with my wife with and her family with the the, the loss so that's uh I'm, I'm hoping that with this song um, a lot of people can resonate with that, having to deal with loss and and being um, able to have some sort of sense of closure that they will reconnect, um, that our love does um, live on. What was the time period or the, or the timetable for all this in terms of when when did your wife's cousin pass away and then when did you write the song? I mean, was this something that, you know, like the Mercy Me story I just told was performed at the funeral or was this, oh, six months later, Bruce, or what, what was the case? Got the word that morning and just jotted something down on a, um, a little post-it note and then crafted it from there. Timing-wise, though, uh, my first session where I had um, a full demo production was in March the following year. So this one just kind of came um, came in and snuck into that where I was already in discussions about having um, three other songs recorded and then I mm-hmm. upped it to five to get, get the more bang for my buck for that, um, that recording time. And I put this one in there. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, let's set the stage a little bit first here before we get too far into the interview, you actually wrote award-winning poetry 
back in your high school days. Was that what got you started on the road to, to songwriting? Did you know then that that's where that was going? Uh, no, not at all. Um, my my particular high school didn't have a band. We didn't have a lot of access to music. It was uh, you know a school that um, just we had sports and, and and the like. But so when I got into writing in English class my freshman year, and to have one of my first poems get put into a competition with other schools and get um, get an award, it, it did get me online to continue writing poetry and over the past 20 years or so I've been writing poems um, but one in particular was kind of uh, always my parents were always like oh this would be a great you know song we gotta you know know, someday you have to make this into a song and so um, when I finally settled here I started into the Tampa area after my military service is when I really started meeting the right people to to help me with um my writing and adapting it for other uses. Yeah, because you actually attended high school. This was up in Massachusetts, am I right? Yeah, Great Lawrence Tech um, School in Andover, Mass. And now to say that the school, you know, that music wasn't the, the, the real main program there, did that in any way leave you with a sense for nowadays we hear so much about how music programs are one of the first things that are being lopped off when schools are making changes and cuts. Does that kind of touch a sore spot with you? Yeah, you know, maybe in my particular school there was some sort of um, music presence that I'm not aware of, but I know for a fact from K through 8, I had no music access. And, you know, it's the same thing you see. I, I, I love to to paint and, and other art forms. I think a, a lot of folks who have a creative streak will dab into different realms. And that's always the first to get cut to. You yeah. always see like the art programs or, so I really feel like the music and the arts are so important to, to keep. Well, let's pause here for a moment uh, because to, to paint a fuller picture for the listeners, I want to bring in another aspect of your life that's important for them to hear about because I know it impacted a lot of what you went on to do. You actually just started to allude to it briefly. And listeners, by the way, a very similar story was told back on episode 20 with Ryan Weaver. If you haven't, by this point, listened to that episode, go back and and download it or, or, or listen to it online. That's actually one of the top three most listened to episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. Ryan Weaver is a singer-songwriter from Central Florida, although he's now based in Nashville, and he was a U.S. Blackhawk helicopter pilot in Iraq, and he tells uh, stories about his brothers as well uh, and their involvement. And so, Mark, in, uh, in 1998, you joined the U.S. Air Force and for more than 10 years traveled the world to countries that uh, are not really <laughs> where people want to go to and they traveled the world, Germany, Korea, and, uh, and Iraq. Talk about that experience and then what it ultimately ended up resulting in musically for you. Well, I'll say the, the two years in Germany was not a hardship, but um, <laughs> but the, my experience in Iraq definitely um, having, during my deployment in Iraq, I served doing um, counter-IED missions. So we would go out, roadside bombs. I'd go with uh, the EOD, the bomb squad, basically. So while everyone else was driving the other way, I was with the group going in. However, I had no background or training with dismantling bombs. I was there to kind of do a CSI Iraq thing of collecting evidence and taking photographs and and um, assessing things that we could do to safeguard my fellow troops. And it was a very dangerous mission. During that time, it was... Um, pre-surge before we had uh, plussed up our our footprint of of uh, additional troops and we were kind of on the tipping scale and that we I ended up losing um, three of my team members uh, over the course of the six months that I was there and also a entire EOD team um, team Lima of three members um, weeks before I was departing so that experience and the loss of the six that I served with uh, really, uh, I think that just changes you as a person and the course of your life. But uh, 
from that in songwriting uh, generated a poem that I later adapted into um, a song. EOD stands for? Um, Explosive Ordnance Disposal. And I think you also, did you say one IED? Uh, Improvised Explosive Device, so the roadside bombs and and, um, car bombs and the like. Okay. And uh, again, very, very similar story to uh, to Ryan Weaver on episode 20, and I don't want to give it away for the people that haven't listened to that. And and, and sadly, uh, it's an unfortunate similarity to your story. And, and hearing that that you lost three in uh, six months, um, that's, uh, that's not really the kind of thing we'd like to talk about in the podcast, <laughs> but, it, but it's reality. And, you know, um, it's probably not probably not common, but you're not the first person who has had those experiences that have ended up turning, you know, turning that situation into a song. Well, and I, I also use the, that inspiration. I mean, the loss to inspire me to, um, and motivate me to work with the local Iraq veterans, um, park that has multiple memorials. Um, so that was another, um, thing to come out of that too. Yeah, go, go ahead. You can talk about that. In in 2011, you volunteered to be the chairman of the Iraq uh, Veterans Memorial Committee. So tell tell the listeners a little bit more about that project here in Tampa. Well, when I settled in this area, um, I wanted to continue what you're really encouraged to do while you're in the military is uh, volunteer and be part of the community and 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 the like and i heard that there was this veterans park committee uh, actually this the veterans park on 301 um, in tampa so i went down there just to volunteer help clean up the park or, or, or whatever it could do and the park rangers there told me about this park committee that was in charge of um, designing creating fundraising and building the memorials uh, when i came uh, on board uh, the vietnam memorial was just about to be completed and have a dedication ceremony. And I thought to myself, well, hey, I don't want to wait 30, 40 years mm. before the Iraq Veterans Memorial is built. Um, so that's when I showed up to the meeting and I found that um, there were predominantly Vietnam era vets part of this committee helping to build different uh, memorials throughout the park. The plan is to build 16 total, including Afghanistan, but mm. World War Two, World War One. It's a it's a great park. Uh, I recommend everyone going in the little glare to check it out. It's kind of like Washington D.C., but really condensed, so you don't have to walk as far to to see things. But the Iraq Veterans Memorial um, over two years fundraised, and we have a an impressive um, memorial with multiple monuments that honors the 190 fallen throughout the entire state of Florida. Yeah, and you mentioned two years. I was going to ask you to, uh, to I don't want to say detail, but just to kind of fill in those gaps and, and let the listeners know exactly how long this took to, to come to fruition, because it's certainly not something that you show up and say, okay, well, I'd like to get involved with this thing, and then, you know, a week later the thing is done. This is something that, that took a while uh, before it was it was able to to officially be uh, dedicated, I guess, might be the word. Yeah, and it was actually, uh, I lived and breathed the the memorial and the process for the two years, and it was um, something that put that memorial actually on the fast track compared to some of the other ones that haven't had the volunteers or the chairman um, involvement to, to get it uh, completed. Plus, I think with Afghanistan, still going on and Iraq fresh in the minds and a lot of um, Iraq veterans in the local area or family members who have uh, family or friends that had served. It was uh, easier to get the the momentum in that regard. Um, But during this same time is when my music um, interest and and I say I officially became a songwriter in 2011, started kicking off simultaneous. So I got to meet a lot of great people uh, while working in this committee and throughout the community. And um, it also opened up, you know, with every connection you make, you, you know, you have the opportunity to meet some, you know, great, valuable people. 
And, and likewise, the other way around, the people that you're meeting in music, if all of a sudden you find out that there's a connection you know, to serving the country, you could say, by the way, you know, did you know that here in Tampa we now have this memorial? Yeah, exactly, yes. So how does one go from showing up at the park one day and thinking you're just going to go and help clean up to all of a sudden being so involved where you know, you're going to go and try to recruit people? How do you even begin to know, you know where to find people that might want to help out with the project? Is is it easier than than I realize because you know well Bruce I was active so I know all kinds of people that that were active also. No, I'd say I was fortunate to have mentors within the committee that had recently, like um, Bob Silsmer, who's a co-chair for the overall park committee as well as the chairman for the Vietnam Memorial. Um, they kind of set the road for um, getting vendors and. And and methods for how they raised money. One thing that we did, we sold um, bricks and granite um, tiles and benches that could be engraved. So that helped. Um, but I had a core group, really uh, five really dedicated people that that helped out, and then would surge up to um, over a dozen or so that would would help with park events. But I think one of the big things that contributed was um, Booz Allen Hamilton was my company at the time. They jumped in and and tried and put kind of a corporate face and tried to get um, my fellow employees uh, involved. And some of their art department um, donated their services for design purposes. And then the, the other thing is that this is a Hillsborough County Park, so they. It's funded for maintenance, but they also um, funded probably about two thirds of the the memorial. It ended up getting, you know, through the momentum of raising over fifty thousand dollars in personal mm-hmm. funds, they fronted wow. the rest. Wow. I am Bruce Warzniak, and joining me today here in the studio is singer songwriter Mark Gujan. Check him out online at www.gujanmusic.com. And even though you have it there on your listening device, his last name is spelled G-O-U-J-O-N. As I've said before, for someone with a big, long Polish last name like Warzniak, you're sensitive to people making sure that people know the right spelling. Uh, Mark is also on YouTube. Uh, We're going to be talking shortly about some media attention that he's gotten, and you can see some of those, hear some of those interviews on YouTube. And of course, please do purchase his music. It's available through both iTunes and Amazon.com. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it very easy to get the show every week. It'll just download automatically when a new episode comes out so you don't have to go looking for it. Feel free to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And please, I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast. What have you learned from it? Which episode do you like the best? Maybe even what is your favorite part of the show? Post all of that on the Facebook page that I just mentioned or send an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. So Mark, uh, we're talking about the Iraq Memorial. And so nowadays, you have a, civil, a civilian job as a defense contractor at MacDill Air Force Base here in Tampa. Uh, yes, since um, since I separated from the military, I had one weekend off, and then I was fortunate that I was able to relocate down to Tampa and get a job at, on the base, and I've been working steady as I go since 2000, I mean, I'm sorry, since 2010 here in the Tampa area. So let me understand that. So you... Your your service ended, and you had one weekend off, and then you got and then you got this job that that quickly. Is is am I understanding that right? Wow. I had a I had a I had spent ten years at Herbert Field on the Panhandle up in the Fort Walton Beach um, Pensacola area, and um, I had all my contacts and anybody that I would know to really seamlessly relocate up there, but. My wife and I made the decision we wanted to stay in Central Florida, and, and we chose Tampa as as the main hub with um, McDill Air Force Base. You just got you have a lot of options. Unfortunately, um, my background and experiences were the right fit for what 
um, was uh, in demand at the time and continues to to be. Now, you said you and your wife decided you wanted to stay in Central Florida. I'm, I'm missing something there because I know you're from Massachusetts and you just mentioned the Panhandle. So what's the what's the connection to this part of the state? Uh, so my lovely wife, Jamie, um, she is from Connecticut originally. I'm from Massachusetts originally. And her parents um, and her sister and her had all relocated to Orlando ah, in 2005. Okay. Um, snowbirds back and forth, but her and her sister were 100% Floridians at that point. And Jamie and I met um, when I was down in a business conference in Orlando and maintained a long-distance relationship, it's hard to believe. Mm-hmm. But right after my Iraq deployment from 2007 all the way until we got married in 2009, and I finally re- relocated to Tampa in 2010. Wow. So we were on the fence on whether or not I was going to stay in the military after the wedding and, and go somewhere else. Um, but once I got non-volunteered for a three-year assignment in Alaska, and it was Eielson Air Force Base, so the closest town was a Christmas village type of thing all year <laughs> long. And I was told six months deployed, six months back. So summer's in Afghanistan, winter's in Alaska. I thought, okay, this is time to, to hang up the camouflage and, and uh, go down a different path. Well, uh, so the listeners know this is the first time that, that Mark and I have met each other. You seem like a very humble guy, and most people that amazingly do the great work that the men, men and women who serve our country do, they end up being very humble, and they don't want the credit for what they've done. Um, so what I'm about to say is, you know, people could paint you as a little bit of a celebrity because of the songwriting and, you know, working with the people that, that we're talking about in the show and, and the songs, you know, getting released and things like that. Um, do the people that you work with at McDill, do they know about Mark Gujan, the songwriter, or do they just look at you as the guy that's next to him working every day? They, the Christmas song being so recent has brought more attention to me. Uh, some, some folks have run into me in the hallway and mentioned, oh, I saw this article in the newspaper. Um, one thing my boss, I mentioned because he plays um, banjo, and I was aspiring at one point to play banjo, um, I mentioned to him to keep him uh, up to date on what's happening with the songs or, or whatnot. So I mentioned, oh, I got my song was just released on Amazon and Google and everything. And so he mentions during our morning meeting, <laughs> you got to go out and get Mark's Christmas song. So it, that helped, you know, <laughs> get word out. And then one of my coworkers emailed out our entire email distro. So uh, when once wow. the uh, Tampa Tribune article came out. So now more times than not, I get questions about, oh, so, you know, when are you going to put in your two weeks notice? You know, when are you going to start getting royalties? You know, <laughs> so that that's, but I, more people are aware of it for sure. And uh, and people know, don't cross him the wrong way. He might write a song about you. <laughs> Mark's jaded. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know at one point, speaking of writing songs for or about people, I know at one point you wrote a song for your wife, and now you have a little girl at home who also inspired another song. Describe for the listeners what your songwriting process is. Um, for me, my song process, uh, fortunately I'm blessed with a long commute um, to work, so I have a lot of time on my hands on driving, and I have uh, these little Sony handheld recorders. So when I'm driving, um, I'll, I'll, ha- I'll have it in my car, no matter where I'm going. And whatever strikes me i'll record it i'll sing i'll sing it um a couple of times and then when i'll go back and in the middle of the night is when sometime after midnight to to morning time is when i normally will be at the computer Mm. fixing it and making it as i go but sometimes it will be um also recently i started working on a new song uh, called the angel band with a, a friend of mine who um, had lost a friend himself and he had wrote a poem and he saw that I had helped adapt another poem for one of my other friends. So it it can come from uh, other sources as well, but my primary process is have a handheld recorder. That way when I'm around, because I randomly will come up with ideas, start singing it, now I capture it.
Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is challenge yourself to something new this year, but from the category of something that might put you in a little bit of an uncomfortable position. Try playing outside your usual territory in 2015, or if you're a songwriter, try writing something in a different genre. If you only sing, consider trying to learn an instrument this year. The growth and learning will stimulate you in other ways in the process. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. I'm curious about the the car ride story that you just told, going to work and having this long commute and finding that as time. What I'm wondering is, do you tell yourself, when I drive to work, this is going to be my creative time to try to get some song ideas, so I'm not going to listen to the radio, or I'm not going to put on a CD. I I remember one time I was on the road with one of my clients, and I didn't know that she was kind of in a a songwriting headspace. And I said, oh, I want to play this great song for you that I heard by, and it actually was by Mercy Meek, coincidentally. Let me, and I just, just... Dove right into it and started playing. And she, right away, she said, "Could you turn that off? To, don't put, don't put that on." And I said, "What's going on?" She said, "I'm I'm in the middle. I'm, I've got a song here that I'm working out in my head." She said, and "I don't want to be influenced by that." So that's what I'm wondering: is do you say every day when I drive to work that's my creative time, or is it eh, if the idea comes to me, I've got the recorder, but otherwise, yeah, I, I want to be influenced by the news I hear on the radio or by another song I hear. Uh, I'd say a little bit of both. At first, it was it was definitely I need to keep a, hand, a recorder around for when the mood strikes me, and then I found, hey, this is my time to be in a creative spot. So I'd make the intention to have it and and just randomly start whatever came out, and then something's getting catchy, and you're like, okay, yeah, and then you start thinking, I can build off that. Um, but I have been inspired from things that I've I've read. I'm a big um, big fan and advocate uh, of the efforts of NASA and the um, the space community and businesses that are trying to venture out for manned missions to Mars. And so, for instance, I one day I was on a business trip and saw this um, this book about from uh, an engineer from. Um, from NASA who was talking about, hey, how realistic it is to use a current technology to get, you know, manned missions to Mars. So I read that book, I was highlighting it, and it was all into it. And I thought, I, at this time, I was taking the bus to work. And so I just, on one day on the ride to the thing, the majority of this song, Reach Beyond the Stars, that came out. And that was coming from just... The idea of wow, I'd really like to have something that could help promote that effort, and that could be maybe like a rallying song. Well, I've been referring to you as a singer-songwriter, but in fact, you're really striving more for other artists to cut your songs. Yes, I, I and I'm assuming I'm correct on that. Why did you choose that route instead of singing everything yourself and trying to get the songs picked up with you as the artist? Um, so, if you go to my website and you hear. A beautiful male voice. That is actually someone I hired <laughs> to do <laughs> to do it. Um, my my singing is really limited to singing to my wife and to my daughter at this point. But and, as, and for when you're songwriting, singing the ideas out loud to work it out. Yeah, to really get like the tempo. Because um, as I said, I don't really have a background with an instrument, and my focus had always been on poetry, and even. Um, when I was first writing, I was I was doing it more to to do kind of like an autobiography or or capturing um, a memoir of my deployment experience. So so for me the um, the singing aspect maybe I'll go for singing lessons as you had recommended getting outside <laughs> your element and that could that could help my craft. But well, it's interesting because again. You know, listeners, we're, we're always trying to do some teaching on this show. And, you know, the question starts to come up of, well, if Mark doesn't play an instrument, 
what is he writing for? In other words, uh, I'm thinking of episode nine with Melissa Bretthauer, and then more recently I, I referenced episode nine when I was interviewing Elena a few weeks ago on episode 46 because Elena and and Melissa Bretthauer are both singer-songwriters who play guitar and piano. And I think this even came up uh, on episode 43 with, with Laura Wisdom. And I was asking, you know, well, how do you decide when to write for the guitar and when to write for the piano. So this is this is a new one uh, for us listeners, um, me and all of you that are listening, to, to hear someone come in that says, well, I don't even play an instrument, so, you know, I'm, I'm just really more about, about actually writing the songs. Um, now that we're into 2015, Mark, I can say last year, <laughs> last year you released two songs. You just mentioned Reach Beyond the Stars. And uh, and loud and proud Christmas. You mentioned about that being brought up uh, at your workplace. Tell us about both of those projects because they both have unique stories around them. Reach Beyond the Stars was revealed in a very unique setting, and loud and proud Christmas was performed by a notable name. So, for both of those, and in, in the in the process of just writing for being a lyricist, if you will. Um, I worked with both Jason Wyatt, who's from the singer for Reach Beyond the Stars, and with Melody Crittenden, the singer for Loud and Proud Christmas. They were the demo singers. when So the two of the songs were part of a five-song package that, to get demo. And when um, working with them, I was working to pit, you know, pitch it as a demo, but um, Jason Wyatt, especially, I kept the um, the relationship continuing beyond um, the demo session and working on hiring him to write melodies for various songs. Um, but that, when I wasn't getting any anywhere on on pitching, I, I said, "Well, one thing, maybe I should go right to." I said, "I wrote this as a rallying song," so I went to the author of the book. And I tried to contact his organization by email, and I emailed everyone within his organization. And this was my wife Jamie's suggestion. So I did that. Immediately got a reply from one of the top people within the uh, Mars Society. And I was like, we love the song. We have, a, we have an annual convention coming up, and we want you to. Um, we'd love for you to perform it during this convention. <laughs> well, so now I have a target audience. This is a... Um, I think at this time this was their ni- their seventeenth annual, and it's attended by um, NASA scientists, attended by um, all, all types of folks within the um, space industry. So I contacted Jason. I said, "Hey, I know you have. <laughs> I don't know you're the lead singer for Lost Trailers, and you're touring, and and you're not. You know, you write your own songs." I said, "But I, this group is really interested in this song. You, sh- you sure you don't want to be the official voice of the song?" <laughs> And so I get, that got his in, well, interest and attention. Well, that you put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that got his interest, that got his attention. And then, but then I had to, at that point, um, I needed a music publisher. And so that's when I started my music publishing company, um, Get Your Goujon uh, Music, and started that process and attended and had it revealed and had a video um, right before it was officially released. But in fact, I mentioned back in the introduction that you have a much bigger footprint than just being based here in Tampa. And I'm not referring to the Orlando and and Panhandle references that you made a few minutes ago, nor you're you're growing up in the Northeast. And and I'm even leaving out the Iraq and and Germany and Korea stuff right now. A lot of what we're talking about was was going on in Nashville, uh, recording. You you can fill the listeners in on, on on your connection to Nashville. So, uh, Sylvia Powell is a friend that I met who gravitated towards one of my, um, one of the things I brought to um, one of my poems, um, Homecoming Home. And so, the quest to really adapt that poem into a song is where I found out from her that she had lived in the Nashville area for over a decade with her husband and they owned a music publishing company together and she still had contacts back there. So we tried a lot, um, several local folks to work with me on um, writing a melody and 
how do I local meaning here in Tampa? Yes, mm-hmm. and in St. Pete area as well. And how how I, I didn't even know like how to structure it in the right format. You know, how do I take you know these this poem that has a lot of great material, but make it into a song and with a hook and everything else. And so she, um, through several contacts, um, reached out to her friend who is a composer in Nashville, John Darnell. And he, you know, connected with the song and the fact that I was a veteran. And so I was able to hire him for um, five songs to, to write the melody. And, and then I was like, okay, well, how do I go about making, you know, getting a demo session again, you know, uh, singers on this? Um, so he recommended I reach out to Mark Birchfield at uh, Watershed Recording Studios. And so when I did that, everything fell into place. Um, Mark Birchfield's studio, he's had uh, Dolly Parton perform there. He's had, he's the one who, array of talented musicians that worked on all kinds of projects and the demo singers. And so, you know, everything had just, you know, one thing I will say, a trip to Nashville and funding all this is not possible without the, a supportive loving wife who encourages your dreams and passions. Not a lot of people will say, hey, let's go to Nashville and and spend the money, invest on your your songwriting versus going on vacation or, you know, a new couch or something. (laughs) Well, but I think this is also very inspirational and encouraging for the nine to fivers that are that are listening to the show, the the weekend warriors, as some people like to call them, the, the lunch bucket crowd, that is listening to this show because I do market it, you know, 50% as being for the up and comers to learn from the guests. And so you're hearing that, you know, here's Mark that sat there and went, okay, I mean, I think maybe I kind of have something here that I don't know, could something possibly be, and boom, he just connected the dots for you that led all the way to Nashville. So take encouragement from that and know that some hard work and, and if you have a a spouse or a boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, their their support, these things go a long way. And of course, you know, making as many contacts as you can and, you know, getting in touch with someone like Sylvia who ends up saying, oh, by the way, you know, in my past life, dot, dot, dot. So there's a, there's definitely something to be said for leaving no stone unturned. You know, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm overstating the efforts that you made there. Yeah. Don't take anything as a roadblock. Um, honestly, just take it as a scenic route because you never know what lesson you're going to pull from it or and or you know the person you were initially trying to meet that you thought was going to be the person who was going to um take you to the next level was actually you know two steps away from someone else that um took the time to mentor or work with you or um you were able to help you know sometimes it's it, it's just a back and forth thing you have to be open to help other people in their craft or or um, take an interest in what, like, with my friends adapting their poems, um, just for the sake of, you know, enjoying your passion and being in, in that creative process. And sometimes it'll open a door or a window that you weren't even trying to find. And listeners, Mark has mentioned a, a couple times now when he mentioned Loud and Proud Christmas and of course, back at the beginning of the show when, when we had played Loves Forevermore and he said who the female voice was on that uh, Melody Crittenden. For those of you that don't know, Google her because she's somebody that you know. This is this is not a, a you know a, a friend you know that um, that Mark knew from down the street that said, "Well, I kind of sing a little bit. I'll do that for you." She's she's got some impressive credentials, and to get her doing both of those songs for you, you know, is a, is a nice accomplishment for you. Yeah, it was uh, Mark Birchfield having the the connection with such an established singer. Um, one thing that the listeners may know her from is, is um, Bless the Broken Road, and that was um, a song that had actually been uh, adapted from Broken Road. And Broken Road was from her first album where it, I think she got a, a big boost in her, her um, success was it being aired on Dawson's Creek's final season of the first season. So the, fir- the final episode, season finale, and here's a song. So I'm sure that time that was um, pretty big for her to, to, to have happen. Yeah, no doubt. 
I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today here in the studio is songwriter Mark Gujan. Check him out online at www.gujanmusic.com. And again, that's spelled G O U J O N. He is also on YouTube. Engage with him on there, watch his videos, and of course, please do purchase his music. It's available through iTunes and Amazon.com and even through Google Play. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, spelled H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too, friends, family, neighbors, coworkers. Subscribing is free and it makes it very easy to get the show every week. It'll just download automatically when a new episode comes out so you don't even have to go looking for it. Feel free to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And please, as I said before, I would very much like to hear your feedback about the podcast. For example, what you've learned from it. Hopefully you've listened to a number of episodes by this point. Maybe which episode you liked the best, or perhaps what is your favorite part of the show. Post all of that for me on the Facebook page that I just mentioned, or send an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz, or B-I-Z, as I say when I have a Canadian guest on. Mark, I know you're also part of a local writers group. Perhaps you'd like to give them a plug and just talk about that a little bit. Um, yes, the Brandon Christian writers. Um, I wouldn't be a songwriter today, honestly, <laughs> if I hadn't met Sylvia Powell during that meeting. Um, I I feel like um, that interaction is what really jump started the songwriting because at that time, like I said, I was really focusing more on on writing um, a a book or a memoir. Um, they also, they're just a great monthly meeting of writers from all paths. Some are multiple published authors. Some are, um, just do it for, for the fun of writing. But, uh, I think I'm the first official songwriter in the group now. And, um, they'll show up with, um, something that you've been writing and people will help provide feedback and, and you learn from each other on, um, the publishing, uh, world and how to promote books and your social media. So it's it's just a, a great group of uh, like-minded individuals down there. And is there a cost associated with being a member of the group? Uh, I think it's twenty dollars a year, um, but they're they're um, they're out of a side room at at a at a major church. Um, but they're what they are on Facebook and they have a website. If you look up Brandon Christian Writers, um, you can find out all the details of when when they meet and the third Thursday. So if you're here in the greater Tampa Bay area, you'll you'll want to look them up because obviously to be operating at the lengths that Mark just described, this is not a group of two or three people that are getting together and calling themselves this group that he's describing. So if you are in the greater Tampa Bay area, by all means, uh, look them up. Uh, as I mentioned back in the intro, Mark, you've also gotten quite a bit of media attention. Uh, how, I guess, is the question? Have you gotten all that coverage? Um, well, one of the ways was the, my contacts through the Brandon Christian Writers. One is a is a writer for Tampa Tribune, and so when the the leader of the group was sharing the good news of my song release, she was on the distro and, and contacted me. Um, other other ways that um, during the process of getting the Iraq Veterans Memorial built, I established a lot of different contacts. And one at one point, I had emailed out to let um, let people know that I had put on my new website the three songs that I had played that I had Jason Wyatt had flown down from Nashville to perform live, and that were available to to listen. Um, because majority of my music on my website is demo music. It's not available for downloading in iTunes. So just the two that are out there, you can you can find. And you can actually get it on Spotify and all the other um, venues. I just promote kind of the, the main ones because sure, sure. I'm not sure who uses what. Um, yeah. But everyone knows Amazon. Um, but with that said, um, I've been contacted from various people who were on that email distro um, regarding, you know, they saw the website and that there was a lot more to it and that the recent release, so I was really fortunate that way. 
Yeah, and listeners, I've mentioned looking for Mark on YouTube a couple times, and as I mentioned at one point, do go on there and look. You'll actually get an opportunity to access uh, at least a couple of the electronic uh, media that have uh, done stories on him. So, Mark, now that it is a new year, what sort of goals do you have for 2015 in terms of your music? Uh, my main goal is to really get more of my my music out there, and I'm hoping that other artists and bands will um, be able to connect with my songs and um, want to cut it for a single or an album. Well, uh, we're going to close today with your song, Homecoming Home. Before we play it, though, take the listeners inside that song, if you would, please. Uh, so the the vision from the song was um, my time being deployed and that feeling of, am I going to be able to uh, survive this experience? And if I do, am I going to be able to reconnect with my family when I come back? Am I going to be so changed that, uh, you know, but... At the, the core of it, it comes down to home is in our hearts. It doesn't matter if you're um, you know, next door to your, your family or you're you know, miles and miles away. Home is you know, with you, and, and you're always with your loved ones. So just to clarify the timing of that, because you said, when I come back, how will I be and what will I do? So were you writing this while you were deployed, or did you write it after you were already back and settled? I actually wrote it when I when I had returned, and um, and just through the adaption process, it geared it more towards the focus of of my deployment experience. And obviously, a song that will be very relatable for countless men and women who are serving or have served the country. Yeah, and this song was my biggest motivation for getting into the studio and everything, and and I'm really hoping that. There's a like-minded veteran singer or a, a group that can connect with this because I think the message really is so timely with Afghanistan going on and then, you know, the the risk of Iraq kicking up again that it's uh, a universally um, applicable song for anyone that is in the military to really connect with. All really good stuff, Mark. Thank you again. Really enjoyed the conversation. Appreciate you coming to the studio today for this. Oh, thanks so much, Bruce. This has been great. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. I will close by formally thanking my guest, songwriter Mark Gujan. As I've said a couple times already, do visit www.gujanmusic.com. There's a lot to look at there on his site, and some of it he was just referencing. Engage with him uh, by watching his videos on YouTube. Uh, click a thumbs up for it. Uh, maybe a, a nice friendly comment underneath some of those videos. And as he just mentioned, uh, his music is available to be purchased. The big ones, of course, being iTunes and Amazon.com and uh, even Google Play as well. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. That's it, just one field to complete. It takes a matter of seconds. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Hey, give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, and hopefully uh, accompanied by a five-star rating. That actually helps the show quite a bit. If you're listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud, which is just like subscribing. As I mentioned before, let's get your feedback on the show too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nowhearthis.biz or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out with another song from Mark Gujan. This is the one he just talked about. It's called Home Coming Home. This peace at home, war overseas. I'm standing firm, pray on my knees. There's no safe place in a combat zone. God help me know I'm not alone. 
Today may be my final breath There's a thin line between life and death Brave souls march on who may be lost Freedom's not free, they'll pay the cost Homecoming home, homecoming home Homecoming home, I pray Oh, help me, Lord, survive today Please keep me safe And guide my way mm-hmm. Most will survive Many will fall All will give some But some give all one chapter ends, another starts. Home is the place inside our hearts. I count each day till this war ends. My heart longs for family and friends. I remember days long past, memories fade. And guide my way I sacrifice to protect this land Loved ones greet me with open hands My laughter breaks through a tightened frown My tears of joy Please keep me safe and guide my way.